What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Super Flag Podcast. This is episode 37. I am Damian Leba, along with... Anthony Stevens. I always keep track. I always lose track of the fucking episode name, so that's my bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it fresh in my mind. Um, <laughs> so today, we are going to be doing another movie review. And this is our first one since we did um, Daredevil a couple months ago. Damn, it was Daredevil. Yeah, that was our last one. I what don't... I was thinking before that, honestly, I was thinking of Swallow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we picked a movie, I mean, like, it was an easy one for us to, like, agree on, because it's literally one of my favorite movies of all time. Same. It's uh, Clerks 2. Yes. And I know we kind of looked at some of his other movies and, like, the comparisons, like, Rotten Tomatoes-wise and stuff, and, like, I think this kind of sat, like, what did you say, around 60 it was, yeah, 67, so it's one of, I guess, middle of the pack of his movies as far as ratings go. Yeah, but... It's not a, the worst. No. But, I mean, honestly, I think it's one of the stronger movies he has. Yeah. Uh, I love the original Clerks, like, to death, and I wouldn't mind doing a rewatch of that just for a review, but there's something special about this one that, like, it's always had, like, a special place in my heart. Um, yeah. And like I've said before, too, this is, like... The Kevin Smith movie that I've seen the most. Oh, yeah. It has a ridiculous level of rewatchability and quotability. It's yeah. It's literally, like, I'm surprised there's not more, like, Clerks memes. Like, there's just so many perfect things. There's a lot of stuff in here that's memeable. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I will say a big part of it is I'm biased towards this because it's just a handful of my most favorite people all in one movie. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, good cameos, too. Oh, yeah. Because you got Ben Affleck's little cameo. Yeah. Uh, you have Jason Lee. I love Ethan Suppley's one because it was like kind of at the, like when he f- lost weight the first time. Yeah, he did, he looked uh, thinner in this one for sure compared yeah. to like something like American History X. Yeah. Or some shit like that. It, it was, it was, he was between American History X and uh, current six pack. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, I did like the fact that they brought back the ki- the other kid from Jay and Silent Bob when they were buying weed, because that's the yeah. one who goes with uh, Ethan Suppley to buy the weed. Yeah. Um, and then they even had him and the other kid in uh, reboot uh, in the post credits. Mm. Um, and I thought that was kind of cool too, but like he has a very tight circle that he's able to get to come back like no matter what. And it's kind of funny because Ethan Suppley and uh, Jake Richardson, the one who plays the other dude, uh, they're labeled as teens. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they they look like they're in their at least early twenties. Yeah, and you can argue Ethan Suppley almost looks like late twenties, early thirties in that role. Yeah, I think thirties for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think he's close to fifty now, so I think that's about right. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I'm trying to remember. You have the one little. Uh, scene with his daughter that kind of at towards the end so you get that harley queen or harley quinn smith yeah you get that obligatory uh uh nepotism yeah (laughs) um and then of course you have jason muse and kevin smith and the jay and silent bob roles yeah and also kevin smith's wife yes which isn't the only movie she's been in of his but i think it's her best acting i will say this though I almost feel like he hates his wife because <laughs> the only movie I've seen her play like a favorable character 
was yoga hosers, and it's a very small role. <laughs> and I still haven't seen yoga hosers. <laughs> because in um, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, mm. I mean, I guess Reboot, she played an okay part, but um, in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, she's one of the diamond thieves. Um, and she's the one That's I right. hate. She's the one I hated the most. <laughs> uh, and then uh, in this one, she's she honestly, for most reasons, like she's being cheated on, and she's still somehow the biggest cunt in the movie. <laughs> yeah, you don't like her at all. And like you said at the end, like they try to make her, you feel sympathetic towards yeah, her. But it's like it's so hard because you've built this like hate towards her just because she just has this personality and she's basically like take not taking advantage of dante but kind of like making him feel like shit basically yeah she's she's like she's in control of him essentially yeah she definitely uh is the head yeah she she wears the pants for sure yeah um and then you have brian o'halloran returning as dante and jeff anderson returning as randall um I'll be honest, like, I think Brian O'Halloran's a pretty good actor, but Jeff Anderson is just, like, fucking magic to me. Yeah, he is, and he's, like, it's almost like he's not acting, because that's kind of how good it is in terms of this movie, because he just seems like a, like a real guy. Yeah, like, and I'll, I'll be honest, I feel like every role I've ever seen him in, he kind of plays the same thing. Yeah. But he does it well, because even yeah. in Zack and Mary Make a Porno, he has the same kind of personality. Right. <laughs> Never say shit covered ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um but and i think other than rosie O'Dawson, they those two have the best acting in the movie oh yeah but when you like pair consider like everything all together rosie O'Dawson's acting is like way above anybody oh, yeah. else's R- rosario dawson is hands down yeah. the best overall actor in this movie mm-hmm. um i don't know if there's anybody who can really compare to her uh she is by far... Oh, I, I won't say she's my favorite character of the movie because Elias is my favorite character of the movie. He's hilarious. <laughs> he's, he's, like, so oblivious that he's just... He's an easy punching bag. Very sheltered oh, yeah. kid. And I know we said this already because it's already been confirmed that uh, Clerks 3 is pretty much... Not done being written, but he's already done the first and I think second draft. Yeah, he posted it on Instagram a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and he uh, confirmed that Elias will be in the movie, along with Rosario Dawson's character. Mm-hmm. And I'm extremely excited to see what kind of growth he's going to give that character after, what is it? 2006. 15 years? 19, yeah, 15 years. So Damn. it's, it's going to be interesting. See if he even still communicates with his parents <laughs> after that donkey incident. Yeah, and like I told you, I think it'd be kind of cool if they made his character like completely the opposite of what he is in this. <laughs> oh, hell. So, all right, we will we'll we will start from the top. Um, yeah. The movie opens with Dante going to his mundane job at the quick stop. He, op- he unlocks it, opens up the door, and it is on fire. Yeah, and he closes the door and then thinks about it for a second. Maybe he saw something. Maybe it's just in his head. And he opens it again and it actually is on fire. (laughs) And then Randall, after uh, Dante calls the cops, Randall literally just not paying attention, has his head down. He's reading the newspaper, just walks in. And the the fire department's like, dude, get the fuck out (laughs) of here. And he's all, what the fuck happened? Fucking terrorists? And he's like, 
I forgot I left the coffee pot on again, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it flash forwards, what is it, two years? Or is it five years? I know I know it's a flash forward, but I don't know if it specifies. I don't remember the years. I don't, did it even say? It, it's at least two years. Yeah, call it two. Um, and then uh, Dante is picking up Randall to go and work at this fast food restaurant called Mubi's, which was introduced in, I believe, Dogma. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of my favorite parts about all of these Kevin Smith Viewisk Universe movies, because even just little like head nods. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like, kind of like uh, Quentin Tarantino movies where there's like the red apple cigarettes yeah. appear in multiple movies, and there's this other shit like that. Yeah, and the uh, Big Kahuna Burger. Yeah, Big Kahuna Burger. Um, and it's weirdly almost more consistent, other than the fact that certain people play different characters in different yeah. movies. Um, it's weirdly more consistent sometimes than the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's strange. Especially the X-Men universe. Oh my god, do not even get me started. Yeah, and those are so fucked oh. up. Oh man. And then, uh, then I think before anything really happens at movies, you get your intro to Jay and Silent Bob standing in front of the, uh, standing on the side of movies basically starting their drug deals and that's when you get introduced to uh ethan Supley and jake richardson's characters coming to buy and you find out that uh jay and silent bob got arrested for uh having yeah, like a bunch of weed two pounds of yeah. jamaican something jamaican lambs yeah wool. jamaican lambs <laughs> they pulled us over for suspicion of mischief he's like what the fuck does that mean we were driving around with a deployed airbag <laughs> <laughs> then instead of going to prison, they got a sentence to rehab. Yeah, six months in rehab, and he was six months and two days sober. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> it, it does kind of add, like, a nice little uh, change, especially knowing that I think he was only, like, two or three weeks clean from heroin at the time. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, it's insane, because he was... He wasn't continuing to really act except for in Kevin Smith movies yeah. where he was he was doing roofing. Damn. He was working as a roofer and would stop doing drugs just to do movies with Kevin Smith. And then eventually he finally got him to quit. I think he's been sober like 11 years now. Yeah, something like that. And you can definitely see the, uh, I guess, long-term effects oh, yeah. of that. Especially when we saw oh, him. Dude, he looks rough. Like, he, yeah. he looks... You can tell he's, like, clean, yeah. but, like, just the way he, like, moves and his jitters and shit. Oh, yeah. It's, like... And it, his, like, jaw. Yeah. It's something with his jaw. Like, I l still love the dude, and I think he's fantastic. Yeah. But you can tell the drugs took a toll on yep. him over the years. Um, And then after that, we jump into the restaurant, and I'm trying to remember exactly what order everything happens in. You basically just see them, like... Getting everything ready for the day, right? Yeah. Like, are they, they're making all the food, they're... And, and then, uh, oh, uh, they, they start talking about the uh, guy on the blog and how he's like, yeah. uh, how, he, how he's like Anne Frank with the handicap. He's like, Anne Frank wasn't the one with the handicap. It was Helen Keller. He's like, no. He's like, yeah. He's like, so, I mean, he, he's like, so who the fuck is Anne Frank? He's like, she's the little Jewish girl that hid from the Nazis and had the mm -hmm. diary. He's like, well, I guess she is kind of like Anne Frank with the, the diary, diary and, all. and all. He's like, no. <laughs> she's like, Helen like Keller with the handicap, you asshole. He's like, you always have to be fucking right. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. And then you take somebody orders through the uh, drive-thru. <laughs> so what do you want? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, right then, I think Elias's character is pulling up with his parents. Yeah, and they're like whistling in unison, <laughs> like some weird song he gets out of the car and then kisses his mom on the mouth and Randall's watching it all. <laughs> He's like, how old are you? He's like, I'm 19. He's like, you should know that. You said you wouldn't work for me on my birthday because it builds character. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like just trying to give him shit, and he, he, like my favorite, one of my favorite lines in the movie, he's like, he's like, you can't ruin my mood today, Randall. He's like, why? Did your mom slip you tongue? Yeah. <laughs> um, and they have this big old diatribe about uh, the Transformers and how they're either a gift from God or a slight against God. <laughs> And they, yeah. they tease him with, like, some satanic metal music. I can't remember the name of the song. Yeah, I don't remember that. But then Jay and Silent Bob pop up through the drive through window and start singing along with it. Jay literally jumps through the window. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has the headphones uh, hooked to his ears, and he tries to run away, and he gets fucking flatlined. Yeah. Um, and then I believe shortly after that, uh, I think that's when we're introduced to uh, Dante's fiance. Yes. Because it's before... Was that, that's it's before, before uh, Rosario Dawson shows up, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Um, she comes through, just jumps over the counter. It, and that's when we see our boy Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's he's credited as gawking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just sitting there staring, like, in disgust. And Randall's like, avert your eyes, you perv. <laughs> and he's like, it's just not very hygienic. That's all so, I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and then um, and you can tell just right there her character is very um, like I guess in your face and kind of annoying right away. Oh yeah, she's very controlling and kind of has to be the center of his attention at least. Yeah, at all times, and she needs his attention otherwise, like she's not happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going from there, you uh, they're like making out on the swings. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the the whole conversation they have with Randall is is a little bit um oh even before the swings when they talk about the enlarged clit yeah <laughs> and she gets pissed for him uh, saying anything to Randall and he he's like what you wouldn't want a girlfriend with a in a, a, a enlarged clit? clit and he's like no because the next step is a dude with an undersized dick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. And then they go outside, and then they're on the swings, and they're talking about the wedding and all the, essentially what seems like a dowry. Yeah, uh, and how uh, her parents are going to basically buy them a house as a, a wedding present, and then her dad's going to have Dante run one of his car washes. Basically having, like, everything handed to him, and you can tell that he, like, doesn't it, want it, it but it, he does. Yeah, and it seems like that's the only thing that's kind of pulling him towards her is, like... yeah. The fact that he doesn't want the life with her, but at the same time, it almost feels like that's what's pushing him to Florida and to get away from everything, because he wants to be successful. He's tired of falling behind. Yeah, that, and also, like, when you learn later, we'll talk about it, um, it's revealed that she, like, ignored him in high school and shit, so I guess, like, that part of him is wanting to be with her now. Is it confirmed that, like, she ignored him in high school, or she's one of the types of girls that used to do that? I want to say the way Rose you know, Dawson said um, said is that she basically ignored him in high school. Okay, that's I, what I, that's how I read it at least. I mean, it makes sense, and I, I think that adds a little bit more to it. It's just 
it's kind of crazy because I, I don't know there, there are weird layers to Kevin Smith's writing. Mm-hmm. Some stuff is like super well thought out, and then stuff some stuff just seems like nonsense. But like he feels like like that specific part of the movie he layered very well. Yeah, to where it was like this is like my last chance to get out of this stupid little town where I feel like I'm not progressing at all. Yeah, and there's a there's a lot of like layered layered stuff, like very like dramatic stuff. Yeah. As far as like you've hit a certain point in your life and you're like kind of stressed out that you haven't gone anywhere and other people are kind of bringing you down for it. Yeah. That's like the like the main I guess theme of the whole thing. Yeah, cuz I know there's a lot of quotes uh surrounding stuff like this, but it's like uh if you hang around successful people, you'll be successful. But if you hang around losers and dropouts and stuff like that, then that's all you'll be your whole li- yeah. your whole life. And it kind of seems like that's the message it kind of gets along. But then towards the end of the movie, it seems like all things are possible through friendship. <laughs> yeah, that and like Dante said at the end, living your life the way it makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. Like you're not chasing after something that everyone has. Yeah. Um. And then going from there, uh, Dante tries to come over and interrupt them after he's sitting there, like, macking on these two, like, they're, they're, cred- they're credited as Catholic schoolgirls. Yeah, and they're, they're teenagers. <laughs> yeah, they're they're underage. Yeah. <laughs> um, he comes over, and uh, to get him to go away, she uh, shows, not her tits, but pretty close. Like, you can see through the bra. just lifts her shirt up, yeah. You can see the nipples through the yeah. bra, though. <laughs> um, and then... She, he still won't go away and she threatens to show her vagina to him yeah. <laughs> or, or her pooter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he literally says, he's like, why would you do that? Now he's going to think we're going to want a three way or something. <laughs> and literally no more than like two seconds after she walks away. He's like, I think your old lady wants to have me and you in a three way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I think right then is when Rosario Dawson's character shows up. Yeah. Um, in the green Mustang. Yes. And, <laughs> he fucking waves at her through the window and he's like, what the fuck is going on with you two? And he's like, nothing. I can't just wave at my boss. He's like, no, you can't like your boss. He's like, no, you can't like your boss. Or no, he's like, you can't be friends with your boss. He's like, no, you can't be friends with your boss. Cause you're an asshole. Yeah. He's like, I happen to like my boss. Um, and then do they immediately go into, Oh no. She walks in the door and they start talking about ass to mouth. Yeah. <laughs> and how, uh... It's unforgivable. <laughs> it's unforgivable. And then Randall's comparing a 17-year-old chicks to their 30-year-old counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, compares a... Oh, she, she says... Or he says, would you ever kiss your, uh significant other after going down on their after munching on their no-no parts yeah he's like have you ever given a blowjob and she's like i just walked into the door he's like that's a yes (laughs) and then she gets pissed at him because essentially he's comparing assholes to vaginas yeah um basically saying like kissing your significant other after going down on them is not like fucking someone in the ass and then sucking a dick yeah this is going to be a very explicit podcast. <laughs> it's a very explicit movie. It is. But it weirdly doesn't feel overly explicit, if that makes sense. No, because it's um, it feels real in that way, because that's how people talk yeah. in real life anyway. So, And real life is super explicit. So. I, the only thing I think 
might take someone out of a Kevin Smith movie mm-hmm. because the dialogue often is very realistic. Yeah. But it's too wordy sometimes. People yeah. use words that like you can only find in certain circles. Yeah. Like uh just big words like um especially in Mall Rats cuz the character TS seemed like he would use a lot of like verbiage that you only will find in like an English class. <laughs> Yeah, and do you think that's like Kevin Smith trying to be more heady than he needs to be? Yes, 100%. Especially because I've been listening to some of his podcasts where he reads his old journals. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, I sound like a pretentious douche. <laughs> like it's something that he thought he needed to have in there. Yeah. To be in, like to make a movie, you need to be wordy. Yeah, and like I will be honest, I have done way too much of a deep dive on Kevin Smith throughout my life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I shouldn't know as much about him as <laughs> I do. But... Like, kind of seeing him evolve, even just the years before he made um, these movies, or even just the years before he made Clerks, kind of like his journals on the way to making them, he evolved so much to the point where, like, he he just seemed like a really petty person who was, like, obsessive about the girl he was with. Right. He, he almost seemed, like, incel level. <laughs> like, legit. Like, you got to listen to some of them. They're on the creepier side at times, but... You kind of see how he grows into the guy who would make clerks and dogma and stuff like that. Right. And especially dogma, like, based on his, like, Catholic upbringing. Mm-hmm. But I I will say, like, still, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, Clerks is in the top three, at least for me, of his movies. But it still stands up as one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. Um. But, I don't know, there's just something with the wording that he uses. It just... it. It's enticing, but it does kind of take you out. And there's not a whole lot of that in this movie, though. No, not as much as, like, Chasing Amy was full of it. Yeah. Um, And Dogma, too. Mm. And I think that's a big reason it didn't actually succeed originally. Okay. Like, like it was considered a bust. Mm -hmm. It's a uh, retroactive cult classic. Okay. Um, But then going from there after the ass-to-mouth scene... (laughs) Is is that when Randall? No, what happens after that? I think that he goes in to paint her nails. Yeah, he goes in there in the office to paint his nail, paint her nails, and, and they're just talking about the whole marriage thing and her views on love and shit. Yes, and how she doesn't believe in romantic love. Yeah, and then we get a flash to outside where uh, he, <laughs> he's taking uh someone's order and you see Elias in the background pulling onion rings out of the thing and going one ring to rule them all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then him and, uh, Randall start talking shit to each other. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember exactly what was said in that moment. He's teasing him because he can't get a chick. And then, uh, Elias (laughs) comes out and says, I turn down chicks left and right. Your chicks Chicks are are your left left and right. right. (laughs) Yeah. And then uh, he walks he walks away to go work on the uh, soda machines, and a guy walks in, and he orders onion rings. And a moo milk shake. And, yeah, a moo milk shake. Utterly, utterly delicious moo milk shake. <laughs> and then they, uh, uh, he's like, he, he whispers under his breath, he's all, one ring to rule them all. And the guy's like, one ring to find them all. And it's like, they say it like super dramatic, too. <laughs> And like then, it's in a commercial or some shit. He literally says the second line, and you see Randall in the background go, "Oh my god, <laughs> are you yeah. fucking serious?" Yeah. 
And then they do the whole thing, like one ring to bind them all, one ring to whatever. I don't even know how the whatever fuck. Whatever the fuck Lord <laughs> yeah. of Rings. And they, the Lord of the Rings people out there They know. literally both pull out their Lord of the Ring rings. <laughs> yeah, but the funny part is that guy, like, has it in his pocket. Yeah. So, like, he it, must carry put it, it in each, like, pair of pants that he has. <laughs> That's what makes <laughs> that funny. He's like, he's like, how many times? He's like, uh, three for fellowship, two, two for towers. towers. Four, yeah. four for uh, return. Return, and he's all five for return. <laughs> and then Randall, he's all, there's, there's <laughs> only one return, and it ain't. It is a, there's only one return, and it's not of the king. It's of the Jedi. He's all oh Star Wars nerd. He's like me, Star Wars nerd. He's like look at you two whipping out your fucking preciouses. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then he does the absolute best like recreation. Of what the original Lord of the Rings movies were. Yeah. Just literally, he's like, <laughs> he's, he's, here's the first one, just walks. Here's the second one, walks, kind of like trips and gets back to walking. And the third one, walks, drops the ring into the volcano. Shrugs. Shrugs and turns away. Even the fucking trees walk in those <laughs> movies. And the guys in the background are like, fucking A. <laughs> And then he makes the dude puke by telling him that fucking Sam bricks in front of his mouth. He's like, yo, I just... He goes and jumps into the office where they're talking. And he's like, I just made some fucking Frodo nerd fucking puke all over the counter because I made fun of Lord of the Rings too hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my head hurts from laughing too much. Um, And then after that, where, where do we go after that? Is that when Jay... Pulls, uh, starts dancing because he's like, uh, he's like, man, I'm fucking bored. He's like, and boredom's the first step on the road to relapse. relapse. Yeah, <laughs> and so he starts playing wild horses in the yeah. background. And puts the uh, chapstick on. He's all, would you fuck me? I'd fuck me. I'd fuck, fuck me, me hard. <laughs> and then after that, I think it goes back to the office and um, Dante and Rosario Dawson are basically getting more flirtatious. Yes. There's a tension there. And I'm pretty sure this is where we find out that they ha- they had an affair. Yeah, they banged on the uh, prep station counter. And she got mayonnaise on her cooch. Yeah. <laughs> and then immediately after that... Uh, That's when the... His wife, or fiancé, shows up. Yeah. And is like, oh, I got something to show you. And has the invitations, and on the way out, <laughs> you see Jay in Silent Bob's... Uh, what kind of jacket is that called? It's a trench coat. A trench coat. Um, with his dick tucked between his legs, doing the uh, Silence of the Lambs yep. dance. <laughs> and then... This was the surprise? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. It's such... It's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then they go and they he shows her the uh, invitations for the wedding. Mm. They give one to Rosario Dawson's character, Be- Becky? Becky. And then... Yeah. It- turns out that she already set the date without telling uh, Dante. Did you look at the top? No. I, what did the top it say? It said, uh, this is our your invitation to the wedding of Mr. and Mrs. Emil Bunting. So, like, not even, like, Dante uh. Hicks. Like, she's the alpha in the relationship. Yeah, He's like, basically demeans him again. Yeah. She's like, I thought we hadn't picked the date yet. And yeah. she's like... Well, you have to uh, make all the decisions for men, because otherwise we walking around like lost puppies or Nothing would like ever that. get done. Yeah. <laughs> and you can just see the life, like, dying out in his eyes. Yeah, when they hug each other, he's looking at Rosario Dawson, and 
she kind of gives him the look of like you're an idiot basically yeah <laughs> and then after that is that the uh pussy troll scene after that it might be i think it is <laughs> pillow pants yeah pillow pants i so i feel weird about this thing because like it's it's fucking perfectly acted oh it is even the music like it's oh. like it's almost creepy. horror music. It is fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's all, he's all, have you and Myra ever fucked? And he's like, well, for your info, or wait, no, so first he's it's like, he's like, why don't you ever share anything with me? He's like, I always tell you, he's like, I told you when I fucked, uh, what's his name's kid sister. I let you smell my fingers. <laughs> he's like, I, I didn't ask for that. <laughs> he's forced like, you forced me. <laughs> and he's like, well, tell me, have you and Myra ever fucked? And he's like, for your information, we can't because of pillow pants. And he's all like, what the fuck is pillow pants? <laughs> he's like, it's her pussy troll. And so like, what do you mean? He's like, you know how every girl's parents, when they're young, gives them a pussy troll? <laughs> and so that way they can't have sex until they pee it out on their 21st birthday. <laughs> and he's all, okay. Like, have you ever kissed? He's all, we would if it wasn't for Lister Fiend. Lister Fiend's her mouth troll, isn't it? Yeah. Women. <laughs> and he's all, I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> I can't for the life of me remember what happens directly that's, after. That's when he goes to Dante, who's at the front counter, and he's going to tell him what oh. Elias said, and that's when Jason Lee shows up. Pickle fucker. Yeah, pickle fucker. <laughs> well, what the fuck are you doing here, pickle fucker? Uh, and he literally just comes to like rub it in their faces. Yeah, they've basically done nothing with their lives compared to him and yeah. all this shit. And <laughs> just to like kind of uh, take a dig back at him where they can because of their position, he orders food, and he go gets goes and gets ice out of the urinal yeah. and slaps flies off the fly trap onto the burger. Yep. And Jay's right behind him. He's like, "Hey, yo." It's like, can we get this fucking line moving? I want to get my cow tipper on. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, here, you can have mine. There's Stop. something about it that tells me I'm not going to like this. <laughs> I don't remember exactly. Or he gets pissed off and he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm leaving, man. He's like, I got to go because he's just like frustrated. And so they go out for uh, go-karts. Yeah. That's like Dante says that's something that centers him because it reminds him of a better time in his life. Yeah. I actually like the dialogue on the way back from it. Yeah, but, that's one of those, I guess, heavier scenes. Yeah. And I want to say that there is a go-kart scene in the first one. Uh, we're going to have to go back and watch it just to make sure. Yeah, because I couldn't recall. Um, but while they're walking out to go to the uh, <laughs> to go to go the go-kart place, you see Jay and Silent Bob in front eating the burger and drinking <laughs> yeah. the drink. He's like, yo, this tastes like piss and flies. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Silent Bob takes another drink and he like nods. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then so you get to watch them doing the go-karts and then you get this big dialogue between the two of them (laughs) he's all it centers me he's like i i just i don't know what it is he's like it just reminds me of a simpler time when i wasn't worried about the world falling down around me yeah or falling uh down behind me like Mm -hmm. just feeling like it's too late to do anything the world left them behind a long time ago is what he says yeah that was the exact wording and then He's like, he's like, why is this what centers uh, you? He's like, he's like, I don't know. It just seems like the only thing that really does it for me. He's like, it's kind of like you jerking off at, <laughs> at work. He's like, that was one time. 
he's like, he's like, and I wouldn't say it centered me. He's like, no, it made you come. And he's like, and I'm pretty fucking sure that centers me every time I do that. <laughs> yeah. He's like, so why don't you just jerk off? He's like, that's disgusting. I'm not going to jerk off at work, have some random customer walk in and with their retard strength, decide to try to blow me. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was like the most like, it was like a mouthful of just like fucking like instant exposition that yeah. flew out like effortlessly with him. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is. He does those like long winded, like monologues really well. Yeah. Um, that's definitely his strength. <laughs> yeah. He, he's definitely very like witty and quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jeff Anderson pulls that off fantastically. And then they go back and that's when they find a huge ass line and Rosario Dawson <laughs> and, uh, Elias are basically there by themselves. <laughs> And this is the scene. <laughs> How do we get around this? Just let's call it. He says a racial slur. Let's call it PM. PM. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> this is really going to test me right here. Yeah. Oh, and another cameo. Wanda Sykes. Yes. Wanda Sykes and her husband. Yeah. What? She's a lesbian in real life, isn't she? Is she? I think she is. She's married to a uh, French lady, and they have two kids. I did not know that. I only know from watching her stand up. Oh, okay. Um, and they're in a hurry, and he's basically talking about how the guy, how Picklefucker came and ruined his day, basically. Yeah, and how he made him feel like a PM was the words he used. Yeah. Um, the racial slur. He. And it throws everybody off because it is a racial slur synonymous with lazy black people. Yeah, and Wanda Sykes get, gets really pissed and asks for a refund. <laughs> and her husband's in the background going, he didn't call us a PM. Yeah, it's not like he <laughs> called us PMs. And uh, it, it just becomes a big thing. And then he, a- after Wanda Sykes' character leaves, because he's confused on why PM is a racial slur. Because yeah. his grandma used to say it all the time. <laughs> and he rattles off like is it like five or ten literal like legit really Ra- bad yeah. late racial slurs um are we comfortable with saying the jewish racial slurs on here i don't know if we should i think you should treat them the same yeah yeah we'll, we'll roll with that yeah um he, he talks about how his grandma used to threaten to put a uh Jewish racial slur curse on him. Yeah, well, she told him to always treat the Jewish kids with respect or they'd put that curse on them. Yes, I really, like, wish this wasn't a problem right now, but, (laughs) um... We're we're, we're, dancing. Yeah, after that, um... Yeah, he has to explain to Randall that that was a racial slur, too, and then Randall's like, it wasn't a racial slur, she's just an old-timer, that's just how people talked back then. He's like, come to think of it, she did call a broken beer bottle a knife. Slur, a slur knife, <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> um, that, that was bad. He's like, I still don't feel like this is right. He's like, he's like, I think I'm going to take it back. He's like, you can't take it back. <laughs> he's like, it's been a racial slur since the beginning of time. Yeah. Since uh, old racist white people decided to use it to demean black people. years ago. <laughs> and he's like, nope, I'm taking it back. He's like, he's like, you can't do that. He's like, look at you telling me I can't do something big because of the color of my skin. You racist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so he uh, tapes the words PM for, for life, life on the back. <laughs> uh, 
And then right after that, Dante walks away frustrated, and then two customers come in, and one's a little kid. And he's like, what can I get you, you little peanut? <laughs> and the mom's like, what the fuck? He's like, it's okay, I'm taking it back. <laughs> oh, and there's one other time that that really comes into play later in the movie. I was really confused by the fact that like they were able to so easily flow through saying those racial slurs in front of Rosario Dawson because I could have sworn she was black. Yeah, which we discovered she's not. She's Cuban and Puerto Rican. Yeah, Cuban and Puerto Rican. Um, and even then, like, it seems as edgy. far as that goes, like, racist dialogue in movies, like, you just gotta look at, like, what Samuel Jackson had to say about it. Um, that's, I guess, a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, like, I, I, I do love the quote from, uh, I think it was... Was it Leonardo DiCaprio talking about Samuel L. Jackson on Django? Yeah. Where he's like, I'm having a really hard time saying this word. Like, I'm surrounded by black people, and it just, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. He's like, dude, he's like, I understand this is difficult for you, but for us, this is just another Tuesday. Like, just fucking say it. Yeah, it's just acting. And then Samuel Jackson had, uh, I guess, replied to people calling Quentin Tarantino racist because of all his dialogue. Mm. And he said there's no way that he could be racist because every role that Samuel Jackson's played in a Quentin Tarantino movie is, like, he called it, like, the smartest black person he could play or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, even the, uh... I, I don't know if this is the right word to use, but kind of, like, Uncle Tommy kind of uh, slave he played in Django... Yeah. Was, like, the smartest slave that you could be because yeah. he, like, he was the house slave. Yeah. Uh, who was literally, like, the right-hand man to Calvin Candy. Yep. And was, like, always there for him and was actually treated fairly well because of how loyal he was. Yeah. And basically, Sam L. Jackson just said that dialogue like that is just is what it is. It's dialogue yeah. in a fictional story. It's not personal. Well, and you have to look at the way the real world is. It's not like that stuff doesn't exist. Yeah, and back then on the, the scripts he's writing from, like, especially Django, that's how they talked back then, so you can't not put that in a script. Oh, yeah. Based on a movie of that, like, that time, based on that time. Yeah. And, I, I don't know. I, I think that... I personally think, like, he handles it well. Yeah. Uh, Tarantino. Yeah. But... He also has very loyal cast people, like cast members. Yeah, that he they respect with. them. Yeah, it's not like he's literally just willy nilly throwing the word around. Yeah, he, like, I was surprised that there's not been any like retroactive backlash against Kevin Smith just for that scene we just talked about, because he, a white man, wrote that 15 years ago. Yep, or more than 15 years ago, because yeah. at least 15 years ago. Um, I thought it was very. I, I, as weird as it is and as like raunchy and racy as that part is mm -hmm. it was still handled with some like weird eloquence like it just felt yeah it's hard to really like pinpoint what to say but it, it just it didn't feel it didn't feel deaf to it and it didn't feel like it was directed to anybody yeah. and he wrote it in a way to where they did make fun of Randall for saying it yes and put context behind it. And it also didn't feel pandery somehow. Yeah. That was the thing that blew my mind. Yeah. Because you put that in almost any movie today, and it would feel like that's what it... It just feels like pandering. Yeah. Like, hey, be on my side, we're not racist. Mm-hmm. To be able to write that, that took some balls. Yeah. Um, And the fact that it played out as well as it did surprised yeah, me. Yeah, and you can say that they it, it was in there and it was used in a way to where it was made fun of. Almost like Robert Downey Jr. 
putting on blackface just for the sake of them making fun of pe- people who do that. Yeah. I guess to say. I'm a dude dressed as a dude playing another yeah, dude. Yeah, it wasn't used specifically as blackface. As yeah. a white guy trying to be a black guy. And people still tried to cancel him for yeah, it. Yeah, years later. Yeah, like... And then Jamie Foxx came out and basically said it was bullshit. Yeah. yeah that was that was the dumbest yeah. thing about that. Like, like, did you not watch the movie? <laughs> like, it was literally... It was a satire. Though. Yeah. I mean, like... Do I think that playing blackface is wrong? Yes. Yeah. But it... it literally by definition was not playing blackface it was playing a guy who's playing blackface yeah making fun of that actor in that movie yeah yeah if it was blackface it would just be straight up rdj just playing a black guy yeah in no context of any kind yeah just that but it, was, it wasn't he literally played a white guy who was so full of himself that thought he could do anything he had surgery to yeah. change his pigment of his skin yeah that's that's what the idea behind it was it was a satire and making fun of it yeah it, it was a meta racist joke. yeah <laughs> um and that's what i that's kind of like on a, i guess a, a smaller scale that that's what this was yeah i honestly will say though they played that very well because they made the al pacino character the the black dude who called himself what it was al pacino right yeah yeah the, the booty I, sweat guy <laughs> turns I, out to be gay i said lance i said nance <laughs> yeah he um, said lance he uh he was, he would use like, I think he used the N word a couple times. Yeah. But they never let RDJ say it, thank God. And I think even yeah, he, did. even he knowing he was playing a black dude and like trying to be all meta was like, or uh, not meta, um, what's that word the actors use? Method. Method, yeah. Uh, he, uh, even with be trying to be method, he's like, nope, not going there. Yeah, the only thing he did say was. I don't know if Ben Stiller said you people or something and Robert Downey Jr. is like, what do you, what do you mean, mean you people? people? And then <laughs> I think, what I'll do you be- mean you people? <laughs> oh, hell. So yeah. he was giving him shit throughout the whole movie about it. So yeah. it was, it's was, it was very self-aware. Yes. And it, it was a, I think it was a smartly handled joke. Yeah. Um, but then directly after that scene, we go to, uh, him trying to learn how to dance for his wedding. Yeah, he goes into the office and he's that's like the one thing he's worried about is not being able to bust a move is what he says. <laughs> it wasn't even in the office, it was literally oh, yeah, at the outside. tables. Yeah, at the tables. Um and she, she's like, Alright, fine, like let's go up and I'll teach you how to dance. And she she yells down to Jay to be like, Hey and he's all, God, is that you Lord? <laughs> Lord And she's like, Hey idiot up here. And she's all, put on some music, something danceable. And he puts on that fucking song they were singing to Elias uh, earlier yeah, in the And then movie. before that, he's like, if you're going to jump, well, before that, let me get a crack at that pussy first. <laughs> let me find out. <laughs> and that's what she says, put on some music. <laughs> I'm surprised, like, that wouldn't fly today. That would be like, all right, fucking, <laughs> you're canceled. Yeah. Uh, that shit made me laugh so hard. Yeah, but then, like you said, they put on that metal music they were dancing to earlier, and she's like, can you put on something a little less demonic? <laughs> and then, uh, during, yeah, during that, they, so they put on, uh... Jackson 5. Is it, is it ABC 1, 2, yeah. 3? Yeah. Um, and immediately, like you said, the, just the camera looks way more saturated, like... Yeah, like, as soon as that song plays and they start dancing... It shows the inside of the restaurant, and you can see just the colors are, like, really popping out. It's kind of simulate, like, a dreamlike state, I guess. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, it, I think it kind of makes it easy to 
make it to where you have that full cast doing the song and dance in front of the thing to where it's what's happening to him in the moment is real, but what's happening outside of that moment. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of the scene in 500 days of summer, right mm-hmm. after Joseph Gordon-Levitt basically gets it on with Zoe, uh, mm-hmm. Zoe uh, Deschanel when he's walking through New York and everyone's just dancing yeah. around him. And that's, it's kind of like that. Or like, uh, you ever see 40 days and 40 nights? No. I don't think it's actually like a dream, but like literally he's like, his resolution is not to have sex for 40 days and 40 nights. And I think someone literally pays everybody in the city to not wear any clothes for a whole day oh, shit. just to fucking tempt him. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or he's dreaming, but I'm pretty sure it's real. <laughs> it gets a trip. Um, I also think 500 Days of Summer is a movie we should do at some point. I'll be honest, I haven't watched it, so I'm down. Really? I've wanted to. I've seen that movie so many fucking times. It's, it's ridiculous. It sounds fantastic. I used to think before I saw it, I used to think it was like some sort of chick flick, but it's not at all. Well, and the premise of it kind of reminds me of uh, e- uh, Eternal Sunshine. Okay. The Jim f- Carrey one? Yeah, I feel like that movie is a little bit more... It's more, like that's a, more science a, fiction. Yeah, it's more of, a, I guess, a downer, too, compared to 500 Days of Summer. Oh. Even though there is downer shit in there, it's I, I not honestly, like that. From what I heard about 500 Days of Summer, I thought it was all a downer. Like, I thought it was... Not, not really. Okay. Not really. It's a really good movie, but we'll do that one at some point. Okay, yeah, we'll have to watch that one. Maybe that'll be the next one, and then we'll do the regular Clerks. Okay. Um, And then, on top of the roof right pretty much at the end of the dance scene uh she tells him she is pregnant and he she, he drops her <laughs> <laughs> he, he drops her and then he freaks the fuck out and, as you would do yeah he like storms through the fucking restaurant and uh randall follows him out but and... before they bust through the door what's going on yeah <laughs> Uh, Jay is taking a piss, uh, right next to the door (laughs) and and he, uh, silent Bob is like kind of looking over. He's like, quit trying to look at my dick, man. (laughs) And the door swings open and just whacks him in the back and like sandwiches him between the building. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's all talking to him about how she's pregnant and he's all, okay. So I don't get why you're freaking out. He's like. It's mine. He's like, how the fuck is it yours? He's like, oh my god, she got pregnant after you jerked off onto the toilet seat, didn't she? I knew it. I told you it was a bad idea. (laughs) And he's like, no, we had sex on the prep table. That's my prep table. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, he's basically telling him, like, dude, don't fucking say anything. And then she comes out and she's all, hey, can we uh, can we talk? And, and he's all he like puts his arms up. May your first child be a masculine so one. Randall, what the fuck? <laughs> and he goes to punch him. And like the choreography on this was off. Oh, but yeah. he quote unquote ducks and he fucking hits the movie's hand sign. Yeah, that almost felt like it wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, <laughs> it almost did. Because right like, after that, he's like, you swung at me. He's like, you, like, you ducked because you swung at me. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Oh, I forgot to mention when she swings the door open. She also hits Jay in the back and sandwiches in between the building. And in the again. background, you can just hear him just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and basically, also in that scene, like, when they're talking about the whole pregnancy thing, the camera's panning around him in this circular motion, like, oh. super fast. While it was done well, I just felt like I was getting fucking dizzy. Yeah, it was maybe a little too fast yeah. moving. Um, but basically, like, Randall's telling him if, if Rosario Dawson's character isn't freaking out about the whole thing, then Dante's still free to move down to Florida and 
live a new life. Yeah. And Dante is well, knowing I have a love child back in New Jersey. <laughs> and like, I think that the like quick spinning around yeah. was supposed to signify like panic and shit just like falling apart yeah, around I can him. See that. But to people who aren't some smart to the way like movies are made, mm-hmm. It's just disorienting. That could be yeah, off-putting. Yeah. I guess another way they could have done it, too, if they weren't going to go with the spinning around, they could have used um, Handicam at that moment, like they do in action scenes where it's all like moving around all oh, fast. Yeah. So they could have done that, too. Yeah. Would have simulated that. Yeah, no. Um, other than that, I think it was done well. The dialogue was, once again, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then so he starts kind of chasing her after she like essentially runs away because Randall knows already. Yeah. And she drives off. Yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> Oh, we forgot a huge plot of the movie. I don't remember when it happens, but at one point Randall, uh, orders a donkey show for oh, Dante. <laughs> yeah. That's way before. That's way before yeah. that. And I was realizing we were just about to, uh, acknowledge part of it. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, and he does it in front of, uh, Elias. Elias. And it's actually fucking hilarious. He like freaks Elias out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was actually the lead up into the pillow pants thing. I think it was. Yeah, it was. You're right. Um, damn. So we missed that. It's all good. I'm. Ju- I'm just happy. I'm remembering where things go. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then so he is like, dude, you got a follower. He's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, just come back in an hour and close with me because he sees the uh, donkey show uh, truck pulling yep. a van pulling up with the trailer, and he's like what you can't he's like what you can't close by yourself he's like come on man you're about to be a father take some responsibility <laughs> he's like just hurry up and go find her and come back in an hour mm-hmm. so he's not able to find her he comes back and all he sees is smoke yeah because there's a fog machine inside yeah. so he calls the cops and he's like hurry quick to there's the mo- <laughs> there's a fire at the movies <laughs> and it literally takes what feels like 20 minutes for the cops to show up. Yeah, because, yeah, he walks in there, and then the donkey show's already yeah. just going on. or starting. Yeah, it, it, <sighs> I can't re- remember. Oh, so they're confused because they're waiting for the girl to come out because it's called Kinky Kelly and the Sexy Stud. The Sexy Stud. So all they see so far is just this guy in, like... And he likes to say, hey. <laughs> yeah, he's just basically like in a BDSM type of getup. Yeah. He has a mask, uh, leather straps, jock strap, and yep. the, yeah, the straps. And <laughs> I think the donkey even has some leather on. Yeah, he, she, yeah, the donkey has like some sort of like leather mask on, and I think that's it, honestly. But <laughs> oh fuck no! And then uh, he's they're all where the fuck is Kinky Kelly? And he's like. He's like, this is Kinky Kelly, and he points towards the fucking donkey, and he's like, okay, so. Or he's like, he's like, this is Kinky Kelly in the sexy stud. He's like, yeah, I'm the stud. And he's like, where the fuck is Kinky Kelly? And then he's like, this is Kinky Kelly. And he's like, Donkey's a dude. <laughs> Kelly can be a guy's name too. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> and then uh, he proceeds to go down on the donkey. Yeah, and everyone's just like, oh my god, trying to look away. And then that's when uh, oh, Rosario like, Dawson. Before that, up. Elias is like, dude, I got a boner. I got a, I got a massive boner. <laughs> And then Rosario Dawson comes in. She's like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, this is wrong and disgusting. And I can't seem Stop. to look away. <laughs> um, 
And that's when Dante pulls her outside. Yeah. And basically tells her he loves her. And she's like, I, I, I love you too. Like, you're my friend. And he's mm-hmm. like, no. He's like, I mean, like, I love you, like, romantically. And she's like, oh, I don't believe in that. Like, that was the only thing that felt cheese to me. Yeah, it was a little cheese. Um, I think if he would have stopped a little sooner there. Yeah. With the dialogue, it would have been fine. And then they go back inside because uh, Jay comes out and says, this guy's about to cornhole his donkey. <laughs> with his penis. <laughs> So they go back inside and they're watching this dude just rail the donkey basically and Dante's fiance comes in with a cake. No, not yet. Because they are watching him rail the donkey and she turns to him in the middle of it and says, Okay, I love you too. Oh yeah, yeah. And they start making out and then she Then walks she in walks in with a cake and then Jay walks over there. <laughs> and he's like He's like, Yeah, what the fuck are you doing? And so she hands him the cake, she kicks him in the nuts. He's like, here, now hit that two-time <laughs> two prick with the cake. cake. It's like, she fucking slams it in his face. He's like, hey, you free? <laughs> yeah. And then immediately thereafter, the cops show up. Mm-hmm, and the firemen. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the black cop looks at Randall's shirt that still says PM for life. And yeah. he's like, what the fuck? And he said, he's like, oh, no, it's cool. I'm taking it back. And then uh, immediate flash thereafter to a jail sale. Yeah, well, before that, Jay, Jay tells uh, Silent Bob that they're holding and he's still on probation. <laughs> they got to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And they obviously didn't make it the fuck out of there. Yes, but I think that they were able to ditch whatever weed they had on them. Yeah. Otherwise, they would have gone to prison. Yeah, and they were just all basically in a cell because they were watching the donkey show, but they weren't able to hold them, I guess. But at the... They're in jail for the time being, basically. Yeah. And basically he talks, uh, or Dante is, like, freaking out because he thinks, like, it's the end of his life. And they're like, going to prison. Yeah. And the so the guy comes out. He's like, you can't get in trouble for watching a inner species He's erotica yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the worst that'll happen is you guys will get to go and I'll get slapped with, a, I'll get a slap on the wrist and some dirty looks out the door because people... And, uh, People aren't open-minded. <laughs> yeah, fine for a uh, animal abuse or whatever. Yeah. He's like, and then they'll just let me go, and he's like, hey. He's I like, miss my donkey. I miss my donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get this actually fairly well done. Like, it had some cheese on it, I'm not going to lie. It did, but overall, I can look past it because this was, like, the heart grounded and heartfelt scene yeah. to where... A lot of movies after this don't have that scene. I will I'd say. I will say that they they feel like all of his stuff now just kind of seems like straight comedies without heart. Yeah, and this definitely has heart, especially this scene. And I will say, I think this is shortly before he started smoking weed, and that's why it was one of his last like really really good movies. Okay. Um. Not that I have anything against weed. I just have something against Kevin Smith with weed. <laughs> yeah, some people can't write or do stuff while they're on weed some can but some can't and i mean all the props to do i mean he's literally made millions off of movies and i ain't done shit so i can't really talk yeah but i'm just saying my preference is a at least a kevin smith who's not writing stuff that he thinks is funny just because he's high yeah and plus he knows that he's just making movies for his audience anyway Mm -hmm. but I think like you said hopefully he takes Clerks 3 a little more serious and has scenes like this in it. Yeah. And I'm hoping that's the case just because of the fact that he 
has literally written this movie twice, like two different, completely different versions because he didn't feel comfortable with the first one. Well, I guess that's a good sign. Yeah. I guess. And then, so, and that was like almost 10 years ago that he wrote Clerks 3. Yeah. And so, that's a couple years after this one came out. Yeah. And so he's completely gone back to the drawing board and made mm-hmm. it more heartfelt and happy ending. Okay. Is what he said. So you can already pretty much go into it and expect that shit's going to actually end well. Yeah, because this one ends well, but it also ends with, like, uncertainty. Yeah, like a dark kind of, like, overlooming shadow. Yeah, like, they got kind of what they wanted, but is it really what they wanted? Yeah. Type and, of thing. And we'll get more into that in yeah. just a moment. But they have this big thing where he's basically like, dude, like... Or, or Dante's basically telling off Randall for being a fuck-up and kind of holding him back and all this. And he's like, dude, like, you're the only person who I, like, really thought had my back who would take a bullet for me. Because I, I thought you felt the about me the way I feel about you. And you can also kind of get the sense that Dante is, like, putting his um, lack of success on Randall yeah. when it's solely on his own shoulders. Yeah. And he's trying to project it onto him. Yeah, because he's had multiple chances to do other yeah, stuff. Yeah, and Randall's pretty much satisfied with where he is well like and he even says at one point he's like he's like dude like you uh he's like you always quit doing stuff he's like we he's like we were even going to uh he's like what what have you done that's successful he's like we were going to college and he's like he's like he's like I can't remember exactly how he says it, he, but he's basically like, you quit going. He's like, yeah, because you quit going. See, and that's like a sign right there that he was doing stuff because of Randall. Like yeah, he like he has he has to have somebody kind of like pulling his strings to yeah. make him happy. Mm-hmm. When Randall's, he's happy that Dante was with him the whole time, but as far as like what they're doing in life, he was perfectly fine working at the, uh, the quick stop. Yeah, he he was content and he was happy because he could work with his best friend every day and kind and of yeah. talk shit to customers. Yeah. Um, and never get fired mm-hmm. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> um, but he, he does a very good job at kind of getting across the point that like Dante doesn't take any responsibility, but at the same time, like he enjoyed having that time with him because it's his best friend and it's who he thought he could count on forever. Yeah. And Dante is saying how he, he's looking forward to going to Florida and just forget the last 33 years. And that's when Randall's like. Wow, that's all this was All that time never meant anything to him. Yeah, and he's basically, like, just heartbroken because he's like, dude, like, if I would have known you would have, we would be friends for two decades and then you'd throw me away and just move to another state. He's like, I... Never would have bothered with your ass. Yeah, I think that's, like, exact wording. (laughs) And then uh, he's like, he's like, you don't even know what the fuck you want to do with your life. He's like, you're just going because you have, like, a free ride in Florida. Yeah. Essentially. And And it's the life that he thinks everyone everyone's after so he needs to do what everyone's doing basically. yeah and basically telling him he's like you have this like loveless relationship but it's gonna bring you like monetary success but you have this girl who actually loves you for who you are here that's about to have your hideous fucking shot of a kid <laughs> yeah. and and he also calls him the ugliest i forget what he says the ugliest something that he's <sighs> ever seen or something i can't fucking remember. i do i know but he does say hideous shot a few yeah. times yeah. um it was basically like, and she's not trying to change you at all. She wants you for who you are. Yeah. But you're still more concerned about going down to Florida with this dumb bitch. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, and you don't even know what you want to do with your life. And he's like, well, what the fuck do you want to do with your life? And he like immediately is like, I would open back up the quick stop. Yeah, I'd buy it myself and open it up. Yeah. And he's like, how would you even do that? And he's like, 
costs like $50,000 and neither of us have that kind of money. Yeah. And then Jay's like, we do. He's Somehow. Like, <laughs> I'm sure it's all. Well, it's all the I'm, weed sales. I'm sure a lot of it, because this is after Jay and Silent Bob. So I'm sure it's residual money from that movie. Okay. Um, because in the movie they get licensing money. Yeah. So even though they blow it and <laughs> go and kick people's asses. Um, and he's like, what? He's like, would you be willing to let us use that? He's like, yes, but on one, on two, two conditions. conditions, he's like, one, you have to let us, uh, stand outside the, uh, store anytime, you, anytime. And you can't call the cops on us. And they're like, okay. He's like, and you guys have to blow each other or no. What, what does he say? Yeah. You have to blow each other and, and then go ass to mouth. <laughs> and then silent Bob's looking at him like, no. And he's like, all right, fine. Just the first one. <laughs> And so then they have this big moment. He's like, and Dante's still like kind of unconvinced. And he's like, can you cover your ears, please? <laughs> and he's like, I love you, man. And uh, <laughs> Jason, or Jay, is like, fags. Yeah, I, I love you in a, in a totally heterosexual <laughs> yeah. way. And he's like, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. He's all, he's all, I love you in a totally heterosexual way. Yeah. He's like, yeah, right. And then he goes on this, like, long diatribe, basically being like, dude, I love you. Like, you're my best friend. I I want to do this with you and kind of get there through that. Mm -hmm. And was it before that where Jay is like telling silent Bob that that was his cue to say something meaningful? Was it before that? Yeah. Yeah. It it was before that. It was Mm -hmm. before, uh, he basically told him what, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah. And he's all, yeah, I got nothing. He's all, what the fuck, man? He's like, what the fuck do you ever, uh, bring to the equation? Just, Pussy. He's and all, that's when it says Randall off. Yeah. He's all, well, you must love this guy because he's the biggest pussy I know. Yeah. So, like, without saying anything meaningful, he still, like, got something out of it. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like a jump, but I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then we go immediately after that, before they even uh, buy the quick stop, mm-hmm. they go to, it, uh, Dante goes to the drive-thru and pretty much proposes to uh becky in the most nonchalant way i like honestly it's kind of g she's like five dollars and 37 cents and he puts a fucking ring box in her hand and she jumps out of the fucking window into the car (laughs) she's all fucking excited yep and basically he's like oh is that a yes and she's all yes um and then immediately thereafter, go to the bank and have uh, have a uh, bank guy who from the back looks like uh, what the fuck is that? Ben name? Kingsley. Yeah, Ben Kingsley, basically signing their loan agreement and everything. And yep. then you see them cleaning up the quick stop and the opening of the quick stop, and a lot of the old tropes from the Clerks movie coming in. Yeah, and then Elias uh, gives them a job application. <laughs> He's all. They're all, he's all, uh, applying and Randall's all, no, <laughs> no. And Dante's like, come on, man. He's like, all right. And he like fucking jumps over the counter to give yeah. him a hug. Oh. And like I said, that is the character I'm most excited to see return in Clerks 3. Like yeah. that is my favorite fucking thing. Yeah. But that means 16 years that Randall's been working there. So he's not 19 anymore. That means he'd be 35. Okay. Oh, Damn. Shit. <laughs> Damn. Uh, quick maths. <laughs> And then, uh, after that, you kind of see them putting up the signs and everything opening up and a very fake pregnant Rosario Dawson. The effects on that didn't look bad. Like it didn't look. No, you can see the belly button and everything. Yeah. They they tried. Yeah, they did try. It it, it worked. And then, uh, you see Walt Flanagan's character from the first movie 
or actually he played multiple characters in the first movie, but yeah. you see him like checking out and walking away. And then he's like, he's like, Hey man, what's up? And he's like, not much. He's like, you're not even supposed to be here today. And they both smile at each other. And they were like, basically like, Oh, this is the start of the rest of our lives. And then the like camera just goes black and white yeah. pans out. You see their faces go from smiles to like kind of blank, almost dreary, dark, like omin- ominous. Yeah, you, you tell by looking at their faces, they're kind of like uncertain. Yeah, where they were happy, but now they're like, dude, we're in this for the rest of our fucking yeah. lives. Like this could Which that's be a, bad. Like you can be happy, but like if you say that, that kind of like makes you think about shit. Oh yeah, and so. then while this is like the darkest moment of the movie yeah you pan out and you see the old lady pulling out every fucking gallon <laughs> of milk to find one that has the longest expiration yeah date, which is a callback to a joke from clerk's one yeah and i thought that was a beautiful way to sh- oh yeah in the movie even though it felt weird like it mm-hmm. was just dark and then here's this little joke yeah and do you think because the, the movie opens with black and white like does the black and white represent like a certain type of like mindset? Like they don't want to be doing this, and then when it turns to color, it I don't know. It's hard hard to explain, I guess. According to Kevin Smith, at least, and I, I won't give my opinion just because I know what Kevin Smith has said on this. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that it basically it's like a closing of a door. Okay. It's in Clerks One he had monetary reasons for not being yeah. able to make it black or not black and white, but he explains his reasoning. There's two reasonings for it being in black and black and white. One was what he got from a, uh, review of the movie where someone said essentially like, Oh, it looks like it's in black and white. So it's like from the point of view of like the security cameras, even though it's not like yeah. from that angle or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing, the way he explained, it kind of described the ending of clerks too was the first one's black and white because it kind of feels like there's no road out and this is where they're stuck. Okay. And so like nothing's moving. There's no color. It's just kind of bland. And that's kind of where everything falls back into. And that's where he got the idea to originally write clerks three with a really dark uh, tone. Okay. And that's why that movie never came out. Mm. (laughs) Um, I know he does uh, readings of it every now and then, which I would love to go to. Uh, just to see what the fuck he was thinking. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. I think that. I think that's what he said was his thought on the black and white. Okay. Because you can see that like monotonous like nine to five, never getting out of the cycle. Like shit, I feel like that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Going to work at a trash company every day. Right. And doing the same exact things over and over again, and seeing the same people and seeing the same stops and. It, it, it just, you feel like you're stuck in a cycle that'll never end. Yeah, and it kind of makes time go by faster in a bad way. Yes. You feel like you're aging, you feel like time's slipping away, and there's not enough time to do the things you want. Yeah, and I, I really hate that, because that's what happens to me at work. Like, at the end of a week, I'll be like, wow. It felt kind of like one day. Well, Sometimes it's like one long day. Oh, yeah. And, like, there were times in high school where it felt like that, where, like, shit just sucked and, like, stuff starts getting away from you when you're, like... You're falling behind in your grade. You're falling behind on that kind of stuff. And stuff just seems like it's moving too fast to where you can't catch up. But I would give anything to, like, be back there again. <laughs> Not for the reasons that some people might, but, like, I do miss high school. Yeah, there's parts of it I miss. 
like I, I I miss not really having responsibilities. <laughs> like, dude, you can do whatever the fuck you want as a kid, short of like murdering and illegal shit. Right. Um, and like you're set. You come home and do your schoolwork and play video games, mm-hmm. like and play with your friends and stuff like that. Other than that, after high school, it's a whole lot of uh, the the level of responsibility that you have to have an adult is not something that school really prepares you for yeah and i think well right after high school there's like a sense of like still like hope and like excitement because you're just like fresh out and there's like so many possibilities but like i think like at least for me like the point where i'm at like i still have like hope for shit but it's nowhere near where it was like four years ago like now i feel like i get like depressed sometimes because i feel almost like how they feel in this movie where like shit's like kind of like left you behind but at least for us, we're not in our thirties yet. So yeah. there's still like that, but we're close though. Yeah. We're close and there's still, yeah, it's sometimes depressing, I guess it is. And I, I a hundred percent agree, but I will say that me and you are much more fortunate than some people are in that regard. Yeah. Because there are some people who don't get to live with their parents for any like period of time after high school. It's yeah. like, Hey, I'm done being responsible for you. You need to get out and do something on your own. Yeah. Whereas me and you were both given the option of, hey, if you work here, maybe you pay rent or you go to school. Yeah. After that, you start getting more responsibilities over the years. We weren't yeah. thrown into it. Yeah, and that, that's a good thing too. Um, but I think a lot of it, like a lot of like the depression and like worrying about life is didn't really take advantage of stuff I wanted to do earlier on. Now I think we are, mm-hmm. but there's always that thing of like, wow, I could have done it sooner. It yeah. might've had, but I guess you really can't think about that stuff because we're actually doing it now. Yeah. And I, th- I think I, I get exactly where you're coming from Yeah, because when you're young, you feel like you have so much time to like, Oh, like I can still go back to college. I can still do this. I can still take these extra steps and do stuff to better myself and you yeah. don't realize how much that window, like it's still there for us. We could still do stuff yeah. like that. It's just that window does start closing and it does become less of an option as you get older. Yeah. So I personally am happy we're doing what we're doing. Like I have my regular job and then I have this and then I have my family and everything. But like, this is one of the things I look forward to most every week, just being able to sit down with one of my best friends and, talk about movies that literally I've seen this movie honestly probably no no less than 15 times yeah at least and I still get a kick out of this yeah and I get to sit and talk for an hour and a half about nonsense shit that literally holds no real weight over whether or not like like it doesn't make a difference in anybody's life but it brings joy in a non like monetary way, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And I will say once we get to the point where we're doing this like for a living, um, at least like when I look at it, when I watch people I watch on YouTube that do movie reviews and stuff like that, um, they kind of like inspire me. So hopefully mm-hmm. like we will do that for people like under us at some point. Oh yeah. So in a way that it will matter to people. Well, even, even watching that one video you had me watch, uh, Chris Stuckman, uh, coming out of oh did you watch it yeah I did it's I fucking I, wild I watched it the next day at work mm. um, and seeing like and I'm not saying 
just like disclaimer, I'm not saying any religion is bad and you shouldn't be part of a religion. Do what you want. Yeah. But if you're able to get out of under, out under someone's thumb that's trying to hold you down and prevent you to do stuff. That you want to do. Yeah. Because it doesn't match with their ideals or beliefs, then it's that much more empowering and exciting to other people that you're able to get out. Yeah, because if it wasn't for, like, in the grand scheme of things, if it wasn't for Chris Stuckman, I probably wouldn't want to do something like this because he was, like, the first guy that I watched that did stuff like that. Oh, yeah, and it's crazy because you didn't even get to hear that story until he was already more than 10 years into his career. Yeah. So it's nuts. Like, I will already tell you I don't have anything fantastical that's like, oh, you can't do this. I I have people who tell me, like, oh, like, nothing's going to come of it. But, like, even Do you have people that tell you that? Oh, yeah. Like... Like at work or like just like personally? I've had, I think, one person at work just be like, I don't get why you're doing it. It just seems fucking stupid. I get that. I don't really tell a whole lot of people at work. I do stuff I, at all. <laughs> I tell everybody just because I'm like, dude, like if I want this to come off the ground mm-hmm. at any point, I will make a fucking fool of myself. I sent a link out to every one of my friends on Facebook, like literally not giving a shit if I've talked to any of these people and I don't know how long. Yeah. Just trying to be like, hey, follow this page, give me some some support. Yeah, like that I do. And like as far as like I have friends at work that I tell, but like people I don't give a shit about, I don't even bother. Yeah. So but um yeah, I I've gotten told that stuff too. Yeah. Especially like with music and stuff like that. Well, but the other thing that goes with that is that's people who were never really willing to take a risk on themselves. Yeah, that's, yeah. And they're like, well, fuck you, dude. Like, you shouldn't be able to fucking get a free ride out of this. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't see the reason for putting people down that people do like that all the time. Yeah. But that is one of the reasons, like, I'm excited for this to take off. Yeah. And I know it will. Yeah. That, like, without any, I don't want it to sound pompous or arrogant or anything, but, like, I am more confident in this than I am in more, most anything I've actually done in my life. Yeah. Like it just, it feels like I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that too. Like, especially when I think about, um, writing and just movies in general, like acting, Mm -hmm. I feel like I like doing music, but when I think about the movie stuff, it feels feels more like right yeah i guess yeah no and i 100 percent agree and I, I will say movies like clerks and clerks 2 and things like them um kind of give me that little bump to be like dude you should like go out and do something like yeah while sitting and watching these movies is a blast like i get a message from them that's like if you don't get up off your ass, nothing's ever going to come up of it. Yeah, and I I hate, like, there's people who will say, like, even, like, famous, like, celebrities who said, like, you can't do, like, your first thing you make won't be successful, which I think is bullshit, because there's many people who, their first thing they made has gotten them somewhere. I.e. Kevin Smith. Yeah, Kevin <laughs> Smith. So I don't really buy that argument too yeah. much. Like, I think if you really, like, take your time and put your all into something, even if it is your first time doing something, it'll be successful. Yeah. You get out what you put into it. And also, I will like to point out, just because it doesn't work out the, the first time for some people doesn't mean it's time to give up. Yeah. It means there's take that, a different approach. Yeah, there's that side too. 
Um, and like I said too, like we know like what good movies look like, yeah. and we know what we like. So when we go to do whatever we do, like whatever, I we don't do. think it's. I'm trying to hide it. I know, but, but every time you like give a little something out, I just I have to add that little like. Yeah. I I got I gotta I just kind of gotta leave drops. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but leave the breadcrumbs. Yeah. There's. I don't think there's really anything holding us back. Making stuff look how we want or. Anything like that. Yeah. It's all possible. Yeah. No. I I'm very excited for the future. Yeah. And I, I think you said we have a month or a couple more months. At the end of the month. At the, the end of February. I was like, dude, today is January. We know. Yeah, January 31st. Yeah, so we got one more month before we, uh, before I have to uh, get it all together. So so uh, the Sunday after February 28th. Yeah. Okay. That's when we'll announce something. And then it's going to be like full steam ahead at that point. Unless February 28th is a Sunday. I've no- Actually... February 28th is a Sunday. Damn, so that'll be a podcast day anyway. Yeah, boy. Yeah. All right. I think that'll be perfect. Yeah, it stresses me out to think about it, but it's a good kind of stress. Yeah, no. And I will say I feel like I've put too much stress on you, letting you do most of... I'm going to say the writing. Well, at the Uh same time, like it's harder for you because you got to like... I'm not like you in the way that I don't have like kids and a wife. I mean, that's... which is not a bad thing to have, yeah. but like I don't have that thing, so it's just like literally me, and it is stressful to do it because I constantly like I don't like doubt myself, but I'm like, wow, this isn't good or second guess. Yeah, which I need to stop doing. I just need to get it done. Yeah. Um, I I say throw whatever you can think yeah. on the first draft. Yeah. And then take criticism on the yeah. second. So clearly, if you're hearing this, we're talking about like writing and drafts, and you know, I guess, kind of what we're doing. But you don't know you what exactly. You still have no fucking clue. <laughs> yeah. You kind of get an idea, but you don't fucking know. Yeah. You're stupid. This is a this is a, a, a breadcrumb spoiler. If you're listening to this, you're stupid. I don't know if we want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> don't insult your fan base. Yeah. But yeah. The two people that listen to this. Hey. Me and you. <laughs> it's a start. Yeah. Hey, no. Hey, there's nothing wrong with starting uh, low. Yeah. Joe Rogan. Don't get me wrong. Joe Rogan had a lot more viewers than we did to start, but now he's literally 10, 11 years later, the yeah. most successful podcast of all time. Yeah. And you got to look at like Sword and Scale, Crime Junkies, all these different podcasts. They all started small, but... <laughs> Did you, did you, well, I don't remember what episode it was. It was like an episode or two ago, Sword and Scale. I don't remember if it was plus or not. Basically taking shots at other podcasts that kind of copied his style. I feel like he, yeah, I, I remember that. But he takes shot at other people all, all the time. <laughs> but like that one, like he was like, yeah, we're the first one to really do this. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's like true or not. Cause I wasn't listening to True Crime Podcast before Sword and Scale. So I don't it know. It was like eight years ago now though. Yeah. I think them and Crime Junkies are probably like the first two, I would yeah, say. They have to be. Yeah. I just don't know which one came first. Yeah. And like I said, they all started small and they're doing their thing and uh, now we're like at least me we're trying to like uh email different podcast uh networks and stuff to try to get our shit out there so i think now a year or two is like really trying to like send our stuff out to companies and shit yeah and i will say just listening to us talk sometimes i can tell a giant difference whether I, I honestly don't know what our actual viewership is. I like to joke about just me and you listening. If you go onto the RSS website where I upload shit, it'll show you analytics. Okay. I haven't looked at them because I'm afraid. <laughs> but. Um, but so I will, I'll, I'll check that. But like, I 
genuinely think we have come a long way just in the first year. Maybe not always in content, but the way we talk and the way we can express ourselves compared to the first. The first, like, three, I was nervous as shit. And I'm like, I'm talking into a microphone. I don't know why I'm nervous. Right. Like, no one's listening to this first one. So, (laughs) like, just breathe. (laughs) Yeah, and it's the past few episodes, I don't know if you've noticed, but, like, adding, like, the structure that we did and adding the sound effects that I did, it definitely feels more professional. Yes. It, I would say. Especially since we did start the new uh, format, it sounds much better in my opinion. It sounds pro. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like something you would subscribe to and pay for on, uh, uh, what's the website? I'm really bad. OnlyFans? <laughs> yes, OnlyFans. <laughs> That's the one where I, uh, I take my clothes off and everyone pays me money to put them back on. Um, <laughs> you're still getting paid, <laughs> right? It works for me. Uh, I'm uh, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. I want at some point like we will do that. I think like once you hit like maybe a couple hundred subscribers or maybe even a thousand. Yeah, that's when you start doing shit like that. Yeah, no, I, I think that'd be the right time to do it. And it's crazy because if you think about say three dollars a month. Yeah, for Patreon, I listen to uh. Stiff Socks, Trevor Wallace's podcast mm. still every now and then. And they just hit, I think, 6,000 Patreons. Wow. 6,000 times $3. Yeah. That's $1,800 or 18,000. Wait, a, is that 18,000? You want to do that, the math? That is $18,000 a month split between two people. And that's pretty tight. Yeah. That's $9,000 per person. Now, at that point, if we were to do that, say we got, like, a thousand, like, Patreons. Or, no, a thousand subscribers, and we had, like, 500 Patreons, and we did, like, $3 a month. How much would that be? Uh, so, $3 times uh, 500? Yeah. Uh, $1,500. $1,500. You know, that's not terrible. That's not a terrible start. Dude, that's a paycheck. At that point, we still have to have normal jobs. Yeah. But, but it's a start. Yeah, it's a start. And if we get to that 6,000 Patreons, we wouldn't even have to have another job. No. I... That would be... That paid, like, two of my jobs, dog. Yeah. Like, I would quit yeah. tomorrow. Like, fuck you. <laughs> I would walk in and do the half-to-bake thing. <laughs> Yo, fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. <laughs> fuck you. I quit. <laughs> yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. I'd still probably put my two weeks in, if I'm honest. I don't know. I'd want to do it in like a dramatic fashion. So you can't go back, you fuckers. <laughs> you make it to where this There's is a plenty of all other or places you can get a job if you need to. That's true. <laughs> I, I have a good enough track record. I can go to the other uh, leading trash company. I don't know okay. why. I don't want to say what company I work for on here. I just feel like I I'll get sued one day because have I like, said. I think I've said what I, I work before. I think we slipped it one time on accident. If you don't, I, I work at American Furniture Warehouse. <laughs> I just don't want to get sued because I talk shit about. Work. <laughs> defamation of our company they're not gonna go back that far jake jabs is almost dead so it doesn't matter that's true (laughs) (laughs) but i think my uh, my company will probably be around longer than yours i don't know the furniture business i think that bitch will be open like forever well furniture yeah but i'm saying american furniture do you think that it'll stick around after jake is dead oh yeah because his daughter's running it right now anyway well never mind yeah she's running it right now you'll be fine yeah as long as she doesn't launder drugs yeah in the couches I hope so. <laughs> All right. So I think we're going to cut it off here for yeah, today. Yeah, we went way beyond the uh, movie review. It's okay. I had fun. Yeah. Um, if you didn't like it, I, I apologize, but we'll probably do it again. Yeah. So um, 
if you do listen to this, uh, if you wouldn't mind leaving us a comment with a suggestion for a future uh, review for a movie, anything you guys would like. And because there will be a very small amount of comments if we get any, I will guarantee we will do three of whatever comments we could get. Yeah. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just liking this uh, podcast, subscribing, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Make sure to uh, leave a like, subscribe, and a rating. Helps us uh, reach out to other listeners. We really appreciate it. My name is Anthony Stevens. I am Damian Labour. We will see you guys next time. Peace. 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 Preview.